We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in to the MPW Digital Post Game Show. I'm Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio here with you. Jeffrey Wright will join us in just a second. The Georgia Bulldogs knock off the Ole Miss Rebels 52-17 in Athens tonight. All eyes on Jackson Dart's availability as he goes down late third quarter with uh, at least what appeared to be uh, getting dazed for sure. I look like maybe a little more than that, but getting dazed for sure. Um, there was talk of shoulder collarbone issues he did come back to the sidelines without any kind of sling or protective uh gear on had his shoulder pads on so good good sign there just a few minutes after the game ends from a dart health standpoint as we get going the uh podcast post game show always brought to you by dead socks he will give you more on that in just a uh second and this will be a podcast immediately after the show as well all MPW Digital podcasts presented by Twisted T. More on them in a little bit as well. So a little bit of all that stuff. Neil, again, Jeffrey. Uh, I'll get to Dead Sox in a second, but um, we were talking about it. It's in both our stories we have up. We have Rapid Reaction. If call them up there at rebelgrove.com. Georgia, a couple times a year, when teams come in who are thought to be contenders, they give A games. They did it to Kentucky. Tonight, they did it to the Rebels. Yeah. Yeah. Ole Miss got the A game for sure. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Jeffrey. You, you go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I, I, my first thought, like when you're watching the game, is Ole Miss had the bad fortune of being on the field tonight when Georgia decided they were going to remind everybody, like, we're still that team. And, you know, I thought they came out and they, they threw a pretty good punch. I mean, I, I honestly thought their first drive of the game was one of the best drives they had all year. And I think maybe the reminder early was that drive was a great drive and it was still really difficult. And you kind of got the sense as soon as you saw Georgia on offense and kind of my fears about Ole Miss's defense, which is they, if you are one dimensional, they're pretty good at coming up with a plan to stop you. But when you're as good as they are at both ends, you know, both running it and throwing it, and then you throw in tonight, I think that's probably the healthiest they've been on offense all year. Uh, you could have had the greatest game plan in the world. There was nothing Ole Miss was going to be able to do tonight. 
Yeah, as we get into that, a couple quick thoughts. But first, uh, speaking of the talent on the field, if you are uh, interested in that from an Ole Miss standpoint, you can elevate your game day look with socks that financially support the Rebels. Every step you take shapes the future of Ole Miss Athletics. Sign up for a sock subscription to get the exclusive Juice Kiffin sock. It's on the screen right now. You get it for free when you get a sock subscription. DeadSoxy.com. Choose a subscription to receive the latest in Ole Miss styles and every month or at an interval that best suits you. Take the next step. Upgrade your socks. Elevate Ole Miss. As always, stay soxy. Yeah, you know, look, I mean, Jaden Williams went out there on the first possession. Uh, he was slated in at left tackle because of Micah Pettis being out. They started the rotation and the flipping around, and it did everything in a lot of ways to affect that offense as um, the snaps were bad there for a while from Reese McIntyre. They had Caleb Guard playing. They had Caleb Warren playing guard. They had Acker playing a lot of snaps. It was Jeremy James went out and played tackle. Played tackle. It was sort of a carousel on a night when you were getting a locked in set of Georgia Bulldogs. That's the offensive side. We'll get through all of it, but then defensively, Georgia goes over three hundred in the first half. They don't have a third down. Um, until the fourth possession, they scored on their first four possessions. <laughs> they averaged almost 13 yards a play for most of the first half. You just saw such a spot size speed issue for the Rebels. Like people keep going, oh, it's alignment and all these things. No, it was a complete just challenge and ineffective ability because of the talent gap that was on the field for Ole Miss defensively. You can't match up when you're that, that, that outmatched at a team playing its A game. It, and, and that's what you saw tonight. They had no chance. 61 snaps, 611 yards. Do the math on that. That's 10 yards a play. You're not winning games giving up 10 yards a play. 311 yards through the air. 300 yards on the ground. Beck goes 18 for 25 for 306, 2 and 1. And the one hit his receiver in the hands. Uh, then the rushing yards. Milton had nine carries for 127 yards, two touchdowns. Edwards, 12 carries for 59 yards. I mean, just the list kind of go, goes there's on. Guys, only, there's only two numbers that matter. They literally threw it for 311, and they ran it for 300. Yeah. They I mean, had, like, that's that's insane. It was a mismatch up front, which is kind of what you feared it would be. And it was more of one than I thought it would be. Um, there's a lot of talk about lack of speed and Ole Miss's defense does ab- actu- absolutely lack top-end speed, but what got them today was the physicality up front. They just got beat up front on both sides of the ball, really. Offensively, Ole Miss goes for 352 yards, 173 in, in the air, 179 on the ground. And basically like 150 of that on those two drives. Yeah. Uh, Dart goes 10 for 17 for 112. Sanders goes 4 for 7 for 61. Judkins leads the way, uh, 22 carries for 75 yards. If you want a smart-ass stat of the night, uh, Fraser Massin is the second leading rusher, one rush for 24 yards. That tells you a lot. It also had a personal foul attached to it, so it was net nine. Yeah. I, I'm, I do have to like remind myself, oftentimes I watch football very differently. I'm not saying I'm better at it uh, than other people. I do not know how you could watch that game tonight and think that that was anything other than a roster disparity. Yeah. That wasn't coaching. That wasn't like that was you lined up against a team that has God knows how many NFL players. And I think that's kind of been the theme for because like, I was talking about this with Blake Topmeyer. I can't remember if it was this week or last week when he comes on on our radio show. I think this team isn't even as talented as the 2021 Ole Miss team. 
But I find this team more enjoyable to watch because for the most part, like I, I like how they play. I don't think they do anything particularly stupid. Um, I think they play hard and I think they play smart, but you got to be honest with yourselves. Guys like Trey Harris, who dominated last week, guys, do y'all remember him getting open once? No, they bracketed him all night. They took him away. It was obviously, that was a big part of their plan. They were not going to let Trey Harris beat them tonight. Well, and Texas A&M, who also has a pretty talented defense. I assume they were trying to take him away and it was just, you know what I mean? Like it's, it, I, think, I, I just, just think, don't know how you could watch that game and think that it was because Ole Miss didn't have uh, the right game plan. Yeah, look, they only got Watkins and Harris eight combined targets because of the way Georgia was able to A, cover, and B, pressure both those things. Because, look, you know, I mean, that, that that's the deal. Um, on the opposite side of the ball, you thought, okay, Ole Miss had done a really good job pressuring quarterbacks. Is Could they get to Georgia? We tried to play it up in some ways as – Hey, Georgia hasn't necessarily statistically faced a front and blah, 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 blah. Georgia is so elite at bet getting the ball out, at staying efficient and on schedule on offense, on just letting kind of their athletes cook, and on protecting the quarterback. I mean, you pulled up stats in the middle of the game, and even when teams blitz, they do not get there, hits all the hot routes. I mean, they have become, they've become a machine offensively. When you throw McConkey and Bowers back in there, at least to whatever level of health. I mean, they look, they play like that. They're the best team in the country and they're going to win the national title. The other big one is they had Mims back tonight, their left tackle. Yeah. And that was a, like, that guy's an elite left tackle. And in college football, there's just not, like, offensive line play across the country this year is just not as good. And it, it, I, you know, I mean, to me, like, that's kind of the other thing. It's like, Yes, we're watching Jaden Daniels tonight be absolutely like he's having like an unbelievable performance. But like you see, right now Georgia's offense is better than Georgia's defense. Mm-hmm. Catch up on a couple of super chats here because I appreciate the people uh, contributing and saying hello and showing their appreciation. Especially on night long tonight, uh, Blake Pierce. Thanks for the super chat. He says, "I like you guys. Embarrassing performance tonight, but ten and two, two out of three years ain't the worst." I still remember celebrating Independence Bowls. Thanks to Saturday Sending for his or her super chat. Joseph Eubanks, thanks. He says, bad night, throw it away, move on, steamroll the next two, and let's get to 10 and 2. Um, let's see. Uh, Mac Attack says, um, why were we trying to run between the tackles against Georgia and were the underthrown balls from Dart because he's banged up or feeling rushed? It's um, a good question. I, the first part of that, you can't beat them to the outside, and you have to run a little bit, or they're just going to pin your ears back. I mean, even when it doesn't work, you cannot get away from the run game. And, and look, early on, they had some success until Georgia broke serve, and then you feel the pressure to have to score every time you get the ball, and you're just you're just behind too much at that point to to, to make it feasible. Um, I thought their plan was pretty decent offensively as, until that point. It's also conceivable, as good as Georgia is defensively, like. Sometimes you can hit like a ga- like you can gash one, and I, I don't know. I, I would I preferred their game plan tonight better than I preferred their game plan against Alabama. Like I, I, I thought it was unnecessary to just try to go wide like they did on Bama. I, I I thought offensively they came out with a decent plan. I just think that the more and the more and more that Georgia saw it, and the more and more that you realized like the disparity between the front because the other big deal is Georgia came out early and started blitzing a decent amount. And then you could tell their adjustment was they were only going to rush four, 
they were going to lock up man to man and they were going to have two high safeties. And against that look, if you're going to be successful, you have to run the football. And the reason why they weren't successful tonight is because they couldn't run the football because Georgia's got elite athletes almost everywhere on the field. Thanks to a Marine Rebel. He says, uh, does anyone know what is wrong with Dart? That hit was scary. Let us uh, know when y'all do. We do. We have someone in Athens who will be sending us uh, the video from Kiffin and whoever is in the post game. I presume that Jackson will not be. Um, we have a, we have word in the stream that Lane said he was fine and could have gone back in, but there was no need. Again, whether that – I mean, I'm not questioning you in the stream who said that. I hope you're correct. I'm just saying I have not heard that with my own ears or with our uh, – on-site reporter, but that is being passed around in our stream. Is currently. it bad that I might still vote for Jaden Daniels for the Heisman? Is there a better player? He's the best player in college football. I mean, is there a better no, player? Is, Am I punishing Jaden Daniels not, because their defense sucks? Well, not only that, like, there's also not been somebody – like, this idea that J.J. McCarthy is going to have an opportunity <sighs> to win the Heisman no. absolutely blows my mind. I mean, if he wins it, the whole thing's a joke. I mean, you no, can I you can sell me on Penix or Jake. you can sell me on Penix or maybe Knicks or something, but God, I think Daniels is the best player in the. I didn't mean to disrupt the whole conversation. I'll I'll, I'll move on. I just watched that throw and I'm like, that guy's the best player in the in the sport right now. This is a pretty big swing game for me too. So I, I I'm taking the points. I could use one more up Florida touchdown. I, I will say this, and I told Chase this. Even if he's quote fine end quote, if it's me. I don't know that I'll let Jackson play against ULM Saturday. I might just play. Hey, spin- was that was that right that the Egg Bowl's now uh, Black Friday? We, I wish, but no, it's Thanksgiving. Yeah, that was okay. an error. That okay. was an E okay. on her, Herbie. I, I, I was, I was like, that's news to me. Yeah, it would have been good news for us. We would have been like, yes, but no. Um, just quickly here, because I mean, I, it's kind of been a topic all day. Um. There's still weeks left in the regular season. It would be possible for both technically Ole Miss and Ole Miss or Missouri now, though, absolutely becomes a question the rest of the way from an access ball standpoint if both teams finish ten and two. Missouri absolutely obliterated uh Tennessee today. Thirty seven to something was the final, I think, in that game. Yeah, right to twelve. Thirteen or something, or something, like, something that. like that. Ole Miss has currently the best win of those two teams, but they have very, very similar resumes. So if it did come down to a third SEC team only getting one and not a fourth and the other team going to the Citrus at 10-2, and it would be probably a pretty tight vote to see who was ranked higher in that uh, that realm. And it's conceivable they both get one. Yes, I'm saying that that has clearly happened before. So in 14, for sure, when Ole Miss went to the Peach Bowl, State went to the Orange Bowl. So, yes, it's, it's, it's happened. Yeah, I, you could you could sell me on Marvin Harrison, Marvin Harrison Jr. for sure. What I was saying though was about oh. Dart. If it's me, Dart doesn't play against ULM. I, I play Sanders. I can beat ULM with Sanders. My focus, if I'm Lane and I'm that staff, is getting as many people back and healthy in twelve days. It's not seven days. And if it's I sloppy against ULM, so what? If 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 I don't beat ULM by forty, instead I just beat them by twenty seven. So what? Who cares? And Mississippi State is currently down fifty-one to ten to Texas A and M. I mean, I, honestly, I think the the biggest story for Ole Miss is not like to me. I'm sorry, it's not. It's not what's the what's the access bowl situation, whatnot? Because like we'll get the rankings and then we'll be able to start sorting that out. The biggest question to me is like, what's the status of Jackson Dart? I don't. 
I suspect they could actually win both games without him. Um, cause especially it appears that states on quit watch, um, watch, but quit warning. This is a warning. But, but what, no, no. Well, I, I think <laughs> quit I think watch means was, that the, the, the quit watch means that the, the atmosphere is favorable for quitting. No, quit, no, no. We, quit we've warning. Had, we've, we've had, we've, <laughs> is that you've we've spotted, spotted a quit. Activity. <laughs> the tornado is not simply uh, possible there no, in the atmosphere somewhere. We have spotted quitting activity in and around Starkville. Yeah, it, it's the opening to Wizard of Oz right now. There are cows <laughs> flying, as in Twister, as this thing is, is moving forward. I mean, look, Robbie Falk, of all people, typically pretty positive on the Bulldogs, said that the end of the era is near or something like that tonight on Twitter. The era? Very quick error, era. Yeah, error, error. Yeah, I mean they shouldn't have done the hire anyway. Like you, you're an you have an SEC job, even if it's a low end SEC job. Like you, you should not have done. Like you, you let a meathead defensive coordinator manipulate a couple of boosters into making a decision that was bad for your program, and now you're going to have to live with the consequences. I mean, to me, the bigger question is, uh, does does Arnett or Pittman survived like the last two weeks? Uh, Pittman will not survive. He will be fired. Um, I don't know whether he will announce something between now and then or whether they'll relieve him of his duties. I'm inclined to think that he will finish the season, but there's a decent chance that he will finish it as having resigned. The Houston nut? Yeah. They get they let Auburn score forty eight and then get caught watching Polar Express at halftime of their game. Today. That actually right. was not true. It's not true. It is not true. Okay, no, good, no. Well, that the, makes the, me the, the letting Auburn score forty eight was true. The forty eight was true. <laughs> the, the, I would actually argue that's the worst the, of, of the two things that offend me the most. That one. And actually, when I when I saw the who who tweeted that out first, I was like, okay, that's almost certainly not true. Okay, so I sent a couple of texts out, and sure enough, because it was the, SI writing a story on it is the reason uh, I. Well, one of the people who tweeted it out, I consider to be one of the biggest jokes in the entire internet, okay. which says something. Oh, I mean, that's a big. That's a. I mean, he's one of the one of the five accounts that I consider to be the biggest jokes on the internet. Dan Walken. Nope. How long did Caroline stay today? Uh, she stayed at fourth quarter. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The weather was nice. She was she was not happy. She had a bad day. Had a bad week. It does appear to be scuttlebutt over there that Rogers is back for the egg bowl, but I mean, okay. Um, I don't I mean, okay. okay. That that doesn't change the fact that like the entire team has quit. I no. mean, I suppose you can make the argument because it's the old Miss game that maybe they'll play hard, but like I don't know if it matters. They're just so void of talent. The system doesn't fit. I mean, they're. I mean, again, I'm. It's on the screen right here. Fifty-one to ten, and that's with so running the opening third. kickoff back for a touchdown. It's fifty-one to three. Johnson didn't play either, right? Who they play yeah, with? It's it's A and M's. It's A and Marcel third Reed. quarterback. They have. The kid who was committed to Ole oh, Miss that Jimbo took from Lane like, or whatever that was. He's, uh, he's he played at NBA. He yeah, the kid from Nashville. Remember? NBA. Oh, did Reed play the whole game? Yeah. Oh wow! Holy cow! They they ran like they also ran like four plays. Like that, it was it was unbelievable. Wow, that's that's amazing. LSU currently forty five thirty five over the Florida Gators. What was our line here? I don't know what ours was. It's four. I the one that matters to me is fourteen and a half. Okay, ours was four. 
fourteen, I think. And you have Florida. Yes, okay. I have the points. Okay. Florida's played pretty well. I mean, LSU scores forty five uh, on every damn body, so that's. Uh, yeah, I mean, Florida has exceeded my expectations, but I mean, you know, I mean, you're going to have to be able to score on LSU's defense. I mean, LSU's defense is not good, and they just drop a pass. I mean, that's a killer. But to get back to the Missouri conversation, it'll just come down to rankings and, and not even rankings. It'll come down to how the CFP ranks them. And again, 10 and 2. If the That's what I'm saying. 10 and 2 of the floor is the Citrus Bowl. I mean, there's worse, there's worse fates. Than going to the Citrus Bowl on New Year's Day in Orlando. There's there's worse. The the story for me tonight for Ole Miss is very simple. If they beat ULM, which I fully expect, and they beat Mississippi State, which I fully expect, they'll look up at the end of the season and go, okay, we we know who the gap is between. It's us and these two preeminent programs that I think are still the two best programs in the country. And we can look at the film and see what the gap is. And you have to address it in recruiting. That's the only way. You've got to recruit, and they're, they're in the process of this. You've got to recruit elite defensive linemen. Yeah. You've got to recruit faster linebackers. You've got to recruit lockdown corners. And you've got to recruit guys on the back end who are fast and have length. And as much depth as possible in the offensive line. Yes. That's that's how you win. That's that's the only way. That's uh, how you get to that level. Jalen Henderson was the A and M quarterback today. Um, I, I yeah, don't know I that I've ever heard of him Reed. before. Now, eleven of nineteen for one fifty through the air, a couple scores, and then on the ground twelve for sixty and a couple scores there also. So, yeah, yeah. I didn't think it was Reed because he was left-handed. I was like, I'm pretty sure Reed's right-handed. Mike Wright, yeah, uh, like- five of nine for sixty-eight yards for the Bulldogs, and they put in Chris Parson, four of ten for thirty-one yards. Uh, I mean, I saw he was trying to do the. I think he was trying to start Parson. Like he was trying to do the, all right, we're turning to the future. You know that move that a dead man walking tries to do, and it's like, oh yeah, this kid, this kid's not the answer either. It was a bad hire. Like they they made a mistake. Like I, if they fire him after a year, I tip my cap to them. There's a lot of people that won't just cut bait when they should, and it's very obvious that it's a bad hire. That guy's maybe eventually he learns how to be a head coach, but like you, he's. That guy would not have any other job in the SEC other than the one that he has. No question. And frankly, the same applies to Pittman. He's he's going to lose his job. Correct. And then the one that – there was rumblings today. I don't buy them, but, boy, they popped up was Clark Lee. Really? Yeah. I mean – he. I think they – they oversold this team. They kind of, I don't know whether or not they believed it. I think they thought they were going to be like hunting for a bowl. Like, may, you know, maybe it's five and seven or, but I think they thought they were going to be in it for a bowl. And I mean, Neil saw them with his own eyes. I mean, that's one of the slowest football teams I've ever seen in my life. They thought they were getting at least three in the non-con. They had a chance against Wake without Hartman. And then in their minds, it was, hey, maybe Carolina, maybe whomever. And, yeah, I mean, that that thing. Lane says we have to recruit at a higher level. Yep. We have to coach better. Fine. I I mean, mean, that's that's Lane. That's not a playoff caliber team we put out there tonight. No, it's not. No, they've, they've lost two games to playoff caliber teams, and they're not on that level yet. They're on the level below that. 
which is a higher level than basically everybody else in the league. Ole Miss is on the level right now with Tennessee, Missouri, and to some degree LSU. That's their that's their that's their category. That's the category. They're not with Georgia. They're not with Alabama. We've seen that. And to get there, there's only one way. You can't scheme them. You don't motivate them. You recruit. It's players. Kirby, Kirby Smart's credit, he says it all the time. When people try to act like he's a better coach than everybody else, he's like, man, this is about players. That's why he made fun of Mullen. He didn't like recruiting. You Well, it's the- also, it's also you heard it on the broadcast when, by the way, my new favorite thing that Herb Street's doing, um, he has now officially hit middle-aged rich guy where he brings his dog everywhere yeah and uh it's it's a classic like big jeff everything like we couldn't take a christmas card picture unless rebel was in it like it's just a classic move one of my favorite things was last year on our when we did our delayed honeymoon we went to the louvre and you see all these amazing artworks that were commissioned by like these rich people in renaissance italy and really all they were were these like giant paintings and they just wanted to get their dogs in them I'm like, it's amazing. Like, that's the 1500s, and that's the same thing. Like, rich guys, rich guys hit like a certain point where it's just like, I just want to take my dog everywhere. It's a pretty dog. It, it was a good Beautiful. looking dog. Yeah, it's a good looking dog. Uh, but you're- back to the like the actual point. Like, the only the only like I agree with everything that's said. I guess the question that I have is like. What's realistic? Because everything, Neil, that you just mentioned, long, fast, super athletic cover guys, elite defensive linemen, linebackers with speed, like that's what everybody's going after. Oh, there's no doubt. So it's about price tags and and, and your ability to evaluate, to identify to get ahead in recruiting so that then you can compete in the price tag. It's, it's complicated. There's a lot there and golding to his credit since he's gotten here has done a lot of that. I mean, they're, they're recruiting on the defensive end has stepped up dramatically since Pete golden got here. Kelvin Bolden's playing. And it a, seems a, a like they role. are in there. It seems like they're in with a different caliber of kid. They are 100%. It, it was the reason tonight was the reason. I mean, I'm not, look, I, I, I've got the column ready that eats the crow that says I was wrong. It's 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 already been the shell of it is written, but it's why tonight was like this is what when I watched them in August, and people said, "What do you think?" And I'm like, "I don't know, man. I mean, they could go seven and five. And people, but why do you say that? I'm like, because I look at the defense; they don't have great linemen. Their linebackers are kind of slow. I don't think they have lockdown corners. They have good corners. I mean, Walton's a good corner, but he's not. He's not elite. Yeah, sure." I've never watched DeAndre Prince and thought he was an elite lockdown corner. And then on the back end, they're kind of small. They're, there's not a lot of length there. So it's kind of like watching a basketball team that doesn't have a lot of length on the perimeter. Man, it's just going to be really hard to close out on elite teams that move the basketball. It's it's that same thing with this. It was just I, I watched that and went, they're not, I don't know how they beat the really good teams. And the answer was, well, they outscored one of them. Then they outcoached one of them. Yeah. And then the other two, the ones that are the best ones in the country, they just didn't have enough. Yeah. And tonight, and I think Georgia's better than Alabama. Tonight, we just saw, like, you saw the best team in the country play that really was, damn well, play their A game. And there it is. There's the barometer. I mean, it's painful. 
but it's it's a dose of reality. I mean, you are, okay? I would define it. Georgia's best is better than Alabama's best. Yes, but I have felt like I, I think there's no question, like significantly better. Where I give Alabama credit, ever since they've decided to go with Milrow, I feel like they have been a more consistent football team. Like week to week, I think he, like Alabama is now six and one in SEC play against the number, and the only game they didn't cover was that weird Arkansas game where. Remember they were like gonna like they were up like twenty four to six or something like that, and you thought they were gonna steamroll them, and then a couple of mistakes here and there. But for the most part, I feel like they have showed up every week in SEC play. You can't necessarily say the same for Georgia, but when Georgia does show up, I don't think any, I don't think Michigan could have done anything about Georgia today. Oh, I wrote that in my column. I don't think there's a single team in the country that wins that game tonight. A uh, direct quote, by the way, from Kiffin: "Quote: He was able to return after getting checked out." about okay. dart and then just said so, there was no reason to so they didn't okay so, so concussion he, evaluation yes he appeared to pass a concussion evaluation my experience is if it had been a collarbone he would have been in a sling definitely right. no shoulder pads on if oh, you well if well, you remember the, yeah, the they would have taken they, they would have definitely taken his pads off when my brother broke his collarbone he was in a sling luke Haas, the arkansas tight end that broke his collarbone against texas a&m this year he was when he came back to the sideline he was in a sling i don't i don't think you when, once you've broken it, I think they have to put it in the sling. No, like I, you know, I think the other thing that I, when I think about this team, there's a little bit of Neil, like when we used to cover Andy, and you could, Andy was, Andy was both like his, uh, you know. He would basically give like his detractors the ammo that they needed, and he'd give his defenders the ammo that he needed. And it's usually because he typically maximized a roster, but there was always just a there. In the end, if it became a player's game, who had more who had more talent, they were always going to fall short. But they would maximize it. Like uh, part of the reason, like why I started the show, saying like I've enjoyed watching this team more than I've enjoyed watching the twenty one team, is because like. I think they have gotten every ounce out of the amount of talent that they they have. Like their two losses, I think they could play those games ten times and they lose because I just think it was straight up they played two teams that were better. But I mean, they basically won coin flips by being mature, well coached, and calm. And like I, I I've to a certain degree, like I think that they have maximized what they have. Now, granted, they still got two games left, but I suspect they're going to win those two games. And I just keep coming back to it, like because I agree with Neil. Like when you, man, when you like really like forget the jerseys and whatnot, and you just watch like the players that are on the field, it, it, it's remarkable that this team's going to go ten and two. Because I, I still agree. don't really know like how I define it. Like I. It's an excellent coaching job. It's like you said, it's a mature team. It's an older team. It's a team that doesn't really get rattled. Even tonight, I didn't think they really got rattled. They just got beat. I mean, I mean, I, and I get like for fans, that's, that's a difficult thing to accept. I don't think, I think the overwhelming majority of the people in our stream completely accept it. But there's some that just, they're angry on the spur of the moment, but. That team was beating anybody tonight. They would have beaten Michigan tonight. They would have beaten Ohio State tonight. They would have beaten Florida State tonight. 
Texas. It would have been Alabama tonight. They, yeah. Oh yeah, they'd have whipped Alabama. I mean, they would have. They'd have whipped everybody. They, they, that was their best game. They were, they were super up for it. They, Kirby did the whole deal. No, about, that, that, he, he, that's he, actually he, another thing I was thinking of. Like, isn't it? I don't know. It was, it was just striking to me that it's like, wow. Like when when they broke into the the pregame, it's like, wow. This is a big big game for Georgia, the Ole Miss game. Oh, everything they did. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, it looked like that annual thing they do where they just sort of put their foot on you. They did it to Tennessee last year. Did it sort of Kentucky yeah, earlier, even though that was more make believe. What they do? It, like I said, it's it's unfortunate that you have, and like that's the other thing that's going to kind of suck. And I know what fan, like the reason why fans are bringing up Missouri is because it was in consecutive weeks. Like Missouri didn't get that effort from Georgia. No, and Brock Bowers wasn't on the field. Correct, and Mims, Mims wasn't, wasn't on the, on the field. field. Yeah, I mean they were healthy. This is the healthiest they've been in a while. I mean they're. I'm getting the irrational one percent Twitter brigade right now too. Like they're, uh, it's like calm down, guys. Like you just, it, this is my favorite. It gets so old being uh, embarrassed on national a national stage time after time. When will the program ever show up in a program defining game? Last week. Last week. LSU. <laughs> LSU. I mean, <laughs> I mean, had a lead on Bam in the third quarter. I mean, I, mean, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I had, they had a lead on. They had a lead on uh, Georgia. They did. They did twice. No, I get, they weren't tight no. tonight. No, once, once. I mean, they only had once because they. Yeah, they, I, I they forgot. Punted, yeah, yeah. Oregon they up seven tied, nothing on SC tied. after four minutes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm watching. We got Texas and TCU. We're, we're, we're praying for a miracle from our horn frogs right now. Uh, no, I just had a. I had a very catastrophic touchdown. I, I LSU was trying to bleed clock, and I thought maybe. Oh, they Maybe scored again. For yeah, three. yeah, they, yeah. Oh, God, Man, that, that offense was, is that offense is elite now. They weren't even. They scored, and they really weren't trying to score. But all sixty minutes, gentlemen, all sixty minutes. There's still two minutes left with a couple of timeouts, Billy. And against that defense, you got a shot. Just saying, you just got to keep throwing. Give me some more tweets. Who, who else is upset? You got, you got some more. Um, I mean, that was the bad one. I mean, I've got some, basically, you can't get embarrassed like that stuff. It's kind of whatever. Um, I mean, okay. You joined the list. What is, what is LSU range right now? Uh, they're like 17th. Are they losing again? No, they're blowing out Florida. Our buddy Dan Wolken, pretty good chance Ole Miss finishes 10-2 and two without a win against a team that finishes in the top 25. No, they're not. The, LSU's going to finish top 25. Dan's been waiting on that. Tulane's going to finish top twenty-five. Dan's been waiting. Well, he's wrong, but he's been waiting. But that's that's, a, that's Dan yeah. being emotional. That's Dan in his Memphis time, and he doesn't like Ole Miss and all the NCAA he well, stuff. He doesn't like us. He doesn't like us. That's a good point. Thanks for the podcast numbers back in the yeah, day. But, appreciate yeah. you, Danny. Hey, Jeffrey. Speaking of that, Tulane is playing with his food every week. They've not played well in over a month. Uh, can Memphis beat SMU Saturday? Because that's Tulane's biggest contender for an access bowl. My suspicion is no. Okay. Uh, now, SMU also has been playing with their food a little bit, not to the degree that Tulane has. But they only Tulane beat Rice 36-31. Yeah, but like Tulane's been playing with their food, like only putting up like 24 yeah. points on Tulsa. 
putting up 13 points on ECU. Like it's a different level of playing with their food. Um, I mean, can Memphis do it? Sure. Cause I still don't think Lashley's like a great coach, but SMU has better players and SMU will hurt them up front, but you know, Lord, Memphis is pretty good doing? at home and you know, it, it's the AAC. It's not like, it's not like anyone's infallible in that uh, league. And, I mean, not to interrupt, but we have to talk about something far more important. What is Oregon doing with its uniforms tonight? It's their thing, Neil. Well, they do. Yeah, but this is like a black helmet, a neon yellow yeah. top, black pants, neon yellow shoes. Ladies and gentlemen, 2007, Neil McCready has entered the chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good play. But, I mean, that's even by their standards, that's a little garish, isn't it? We're watching future New York Giants quarterback Caleb Williams. Uh, I'm really worried that when we had that 24-point comeback or whatever it was uh, against Arizona, I'm very worried that that comeback is going to cost us the number one pick. Oh. We're even with them. And we're going with Tommy DeVito and Matt Barkley the rest of the year, so... That's a commitment to losing that you that you really love to see as a fan. Abbott Goldies, thanks for the super chat. Says Kirk's dog wish he looked as good as us. Shout out to Oxy Fresh Carpet Cleaning. Abbott's first super chat on our stream. Appreciate you uh, yeah. showing up there. Absolutely. Hey, the Bucks lost the I'm gonna tonight. Call, Magic uh, one two. Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams isn't going to play the rest of this game. Caleb Williams might be done at halftime. Taking some hits. Not only that, like apparently, like. USC's got like three or four linemen out. Did you take Oregon to cover the whatever the hell this is? Is it like 14 and a half yeah. or something? Yeah, your your brother was adamant that we needed to take San Jose State while I was adamant that line, or not San Jose State, your brother was adamant we needed to take Fresno State against San Jose State. And the fact that Fresno State was an underdog absolutely terrified me. And I was screaming, I wanted, I thought this was a day where like the teams that are like actually good really displayed themselves. And the teams that are not also displayed themselves. And so now Caleb Williams did just throw an unbelievable pass. But more importantly, boys, we got the ball at the 35 with the Gators. Come on. Speaking of, I mean, I get a ton wrong, but I I felt like mortgage payment on Alabama all week. And they demolished Kentucky today. If they don't muff, if McKinstry doesn't muff the punt, it's a 60 point game. Yeah. Yeah, I did, I did put I maxed whatever whatever my limit was. That was what was on Alabama today and Michigan. Alabama can absolutely win the national title if Georgia doesn't play well. Yeah, and I think Alabama like that was the thing. Like, the problem for Bama, I'm, the problem for Bama is they're only going to get the one shot. They've got to beat them in the SEC title game. Yeah. In the past, they would have that game to kind of but feel each other out. And then, if Bama wins some crazy Alabama. game, is there a world where both them get in? Yeah, yeah. But uh, did you? You know, I didn't. Maybe this is something I should have known, but didn't. Do y'all realize they haven't lost that game since two thousand and eight, the SEC championship game? Who Bama? Weirdly, Al. Yeah, yeah. I think Alabama's got a better shot of beating Georgia and Atlanta than they do uh, in like a title game or a playoff game. Uh, they haven't lost in Atlanta since 08. No. It was one of those things where it's like, I guess I knew that, but 
Like I like it took me by surprise when like I was re- so like, Tebow beat them the year that Ole Miss won that game. Correct. Okay. Yeah, and then the next year they had the rematch, and Tebow was crying. Georgia's now won thirty-seven regular season games in a row. Think about that. I mean, they haven't lost. They haven't lost at home since two thousand eighteen. It's three and a half years of regular season going undefeated. What's going on with UNC Duke? Uh, They're telling us to turn the game on. Six one two. Have a little respect for some people here that are trying to get a backdoor covered chat. Also, uh, I really appreciated up. even ESPN making fun of the uh, interim Michigan guy for acting like Harbaugh kicked the bucket at some point this this morning. No, it like it truly is hilarious to me that we acted like somebody who's been suspended twice in the same season died. And like, I just had this thought of like, imagine if like, I would have like done like a get well soon. John ja Morant for getting his second suspension. Imagine like how, how insane that we got be. the F bomb, like, the multiple cuss words and the tears and the screaming and acting like he died in like 19 seconds. And not only that, like I presume if you're an offensive coordinator at an elite job, like, you have head coach aspirations. It's like, I'm not sure you want your first like hello world moment to just be F bomb S bomb uh, right there on national TV. You didn't give the also, good look though, to like whoever the hell like Rutgers or somebody. Correct. Also though, shout out to uh Jenny Taft. It was like, okay, thanks coach. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was awesome. So how big of a deal is it for Ole Miss to be, if, if, I'm, I'm assuming Jaden Jaden Williams will be okay. It, it, but it, if he's yeah. not, if he's not, and Pettis is out for the year, which is the very hot rumor, does it get a little bit worrisome up front just to get through the state game? Well, sure, a little bit, because you need everybody to stay healthy. Because frankly, you need Caleb to play center. Yeah, because you just get two off schedule with bad snaps. After watching that today, they'll have to put somebody else in there. They can't yeah. do that. They've got to play Caleb at some. And look, it's going to be loud down there. It's cowbells, all that stuff. Like you're you're going to have to be able to focus in much the same way as tonight, even though apparently it was really, really loud. People who cover who were at a lot of college football games were telling me that were there. Hey, this is different, Georgia. But yeah, this yeah. feels. Yeah, the no, decibel stuff that. was going they, off on all the watches. They get the. Uh, they get the wine and the wine and cheese crowd label, but when they decide to get up for a game, that place gets really loud. It's a lot like Alabama, where when Alabama thinks and determines that it's a big game, that place is super loud. See, Drake May just threw an absolute dime. So, do they score? Are they about to get win? Uh, they are up 33-29 with a minute 55. Duke has all three timeouts. Okay, so they're going to get a possession. Leonard is not, Leonard's not playing, correct? Uh, I believe he is. I, I just turned it on because Chase told us to. Mm. 52-35 now, Tigers. I needed, I needed, listen, Napier, you're down three scores. Just get the field goal. It's the hardest thing to get. Just get this field goal. <laughs> What do we think of Franklin going for two down nine today? I mean, am I taking I mean, crazy a, pills? You got to have it once either way. What difference does it make? No, Drew, I wasn't saying that that Pettis would have made a difference tonight. I'm talking about the, the offensive line in Startville. 
I mean, am I missing something, Jeffrey? Like, go ahead and try for so, two now. What difference does it make? Okay. So the card says go for it, but I'm convinced we've jumped the shark on the what does the book say? What does the book say? Like, I I don't mind it if you if you're down 14 and you go for two because that means you'll have an, a PAT to win the game if you get it. If not, you need the two later. Um, I just think when you're down 15, if you don't get it, you've now made a you've now made it a two score game. You made a one score. But game what's the difference game. in being down two with a, with 30 seconds left? Like you're either way, you got to get one two point conversion. And I'm not like yelling. I'm just like hyped up. I mean the the argument is the fastest way to get one play. So if you don't go for two first, the best you can do is tie and go to overtime and you still have work left to do. If you get the two, you will then have the opportunity to go for two in regulation and win the game. Yeah. That's or the just, argument. Yeah or, or, yeah, or just kick the extra point, which is what the easiest thing would be anyway to Correct. cross overtime. Correct. So the, the argument is when you're down two scores, you've been outplayed. And so you're just, if the goal is just to win the game, um, like that's the fastest way to do it. Yeah, Jason, I, I just don't see it as there. a dumb Everybody's move. You got to have two either way. Like if you, because the people go, well, you're down two possessions after you don't get it. Well, when you don't get it later, you've just lost the game. So what difference does it make? I mean, maybe I'm being just, obtuse I, here. I just don't like. I, I think I think we've jumped the shark. I think we're going for it too much. I think we're going for two too much, but. I think what it's become is these coaches are so freaking – the real problem is these coaches aren't particularly mathematicians, and so they get so sick of being called dumb that they have somebody with a book that goes, go for it, go for it. So they're just playing off a spreadsheet, and so the biggest reason, though, I think that they do it is to keep people from criticizing them. Like, hey, the book said go for it. What do you want me to do? It's the – you know, I took a Mecca Oka for. You know, what do you want to do? They're good players. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying it's right. I'm just like not saying it's wrong because you, again, I, I think it's exactly the same. I don't think it makes any difference. Literally, I, I don't think it has any impact on the game whatsoever. No, but I mean, the argument would be like that's that is the mathematical. Argument. I mean, your point I is you stay in the game as long as you can stay in the game. Correct. Yeah, I get it. And yes, I understand from numbers people that that's not correct. I also think that football's more than just a freaking spreadsheet game. Well, I mean, your yeah, your ability to actually get them and how the game is moving and all that kind of it's, it's like the fourth down oh, thing. If you simply go by the book on every fourth down, you're missing a lot of stuff there because like game flow is m- much more important than simply what that book says. Also, sometimes the book like it's not accounting for like Hey, we haven't blocked them inside in five plays. Mm-hmm. Why am I thinking we're going to do it on the sixth? Like, God, that was great. Graham Mertz is going to haunt me forever. Yeah, he was wide open for your cover. God. Now, I will say, Napier will be legitimate hero status if he kicks this field goal. Oh, the message you send to your team. Kick the field goal? <laughs> kick, kick this it. field goal. Kick it. Kick it. Kick it. It's going for it. it. It's a three-score game. It's he's, a three-score game. He's going for it. It's 32 seconds left. It's a three-score game. You, you got, you're going to have to get a field goal at some point. <laughs> Come on. Might as well get it now, huh? Kind of like a two-point conversion. 
What be hey, what do you think Dion would do? <laughs> Cover. Oh yeah. Oh, that's that gives you confidence when Mertz checks the play with the line. Oh God. They actually Colorado oh, wow. easily could have won that game today. Yeah. God dog it. And what's going on in Duke UNC? Is Duke driving? Uh, yeah, yeah, they're uh, driving. Duke a has the bit. ball first and five or first and five at the North Carolina uh, and they just broke a long one. Can't believe that UNC defense wasn't going to lock him down. Oh, two things today. One, did Northwestern end up routing Wisconsin today? Oh, yeah. That was uh, one of the ones I had so circled. Wisconsin, Wisconsin was up 3 nothing. I believe they then got scored. Longo couldn't beat the Wildcats today? Their offense is, is abysmal right and now. And then what the hell happened in Orlando today? So, hey, credit to Ben Mintz. If you were if you were watching the what you call it the podcast Palooza, yeah. If you were watching that, he said his lock of the week in college was UCF plus the three against Oklahoma State. God, well, he got that one right. Forty five to what? Three, I think. Okay. So, so it was a couple of things. Number one, like they came out like Oklahoma State looked like they played their Super Bowl last week, unlike had nothing, no no gas, and then you or uh. Uh, UCF like just immediately punched them in the mouth. Plumley threw the ball great, and then a like just torrential downpour came down. And at that point, Oklahoma State was so far behind, like there was nothing they could do. And you know, it's just kind of it's kind of you'll see that kind of in the Big Twelve where it's like, you know, the the super talented teams like. There's a reason why everyone kind of thinks Texas is going to still find their way to 11 and one or 12 and one. It's because there's just not that many rosters that are that much better than the others. And I, I don't know. I think UCF also kind of had a situation like Ole Miss where they got banged up early and they started getting guys healthier. Like that was the other thing that was very obvious watching that game. It's like UCF had all the speed. We're, they were wearing powder blue. Was it the cosmonaut thing or whatever? It's the citrus space, knots. The yeah, space sorry. U, whatever the space U uniform. Okay, gotcha. What a year, weird year for Oklahoma State. As someone points out in the thread, they lose to South Alabama and South UCF Alabama. and beat Oklahoma. Beat Oklahoma. It's yeah. I mean, I listen. It's you don't just go into the American in the Sun Belt <laughs> and, and you know and not. You know, and come away unscathed. Like you got to understand, that's a different brand of football. Just looking to see some other scores. I think I can check out of the uh, Ole Miss Georgia stat broadcast at this point. Don't you think? Yes. Duke uh, facing third and seven from its uh, from the North Carolina thirty yard line, but they need a touchdown. Down four. Uh, Fifty seconds oh, left. Man, oh boy, this is not what you want, Riley Leonard. I like Riley, but they don't exactly have receivers that get separation. Ole Miss gets UL Monroe on Saturday. UL Monroe fell to two and eight overall, zero and seven in the Sun Belt today, with a thirty-one point home loss to uh, John Summerall and the Troy Trojans. We mentioned South Alabama; they improved to, to uh, five and three, five and five today, three and three in the Sun Belt. They beat uh, Arkansas State twenty-one to fourteen. Is there a chance JMU wins its appeal and ends up with the Access Bowl berth? I don't know. They're ten and zero after beating UConn forty four to six today. Can, yeah. Can someone explain to me? I thought they already appealed this. 
I don't know. I just saw not. something the other day where they said that. Uh, I think they're, they're basically said pretty please. Yeah. Because because the the is it whoever is over the college ball playoff committee now I don't know who it is anymore. Um, said that had they obviously been eligible they would have been ranked in a in a nice spot. So the, they're apparently going to go to a bowl provided that like because they're trying to not fill in bowl games with five and seven teams anymore. Right. So they're probably going to a bowl game, but I. I don't. What is the re- so? Can someone help me out? Is the logic behind it when you move up from FCS to FBS because FCS you have fewer scholarships? They stock you with more scholarships than you would normally have, so that you can get caught up. Is that, oh, is that the true? reason why? I think that's my understanding of okay. why I have why no you're idea. Technically ineligible for two years. By the way, Mississippi State tonight in College Station rolled up 237 yards of total offense, including 104 through the air, 133 through the ground. They had 12 penalties for 100 yards, committed four turnovers, did not force one. Uh, Texas A&M had 396 yards of total offense, including 246 on the ground. Yeah, but Neil, that doesn't tell the stat. Were they tough? (laughs) Not enough. Okay, did Duke or Kentucky screw up blue and white uniforms more this week? Kentucky, that was abysmal. It was horrible today. The gray thing, In, I don't know. inexcusable. These black, and even the helmet it's logo. Like, oh my god! Touchdown! Ruin it. Yeah, you're spoiling it for us. Yeah, well, I had to sit there and watch LSU not or whatever. I had to watch LSU on fourth and seven. Oh god, they got right behind him. That was hey, the chiz rag strikes again. Oh my God! No, Southern Miss has no shot next week. No, no, no. Well, no, well, no, come stop. Uh, okay, hold up. Hold oh, whoa, whoa, stop. Neil, stop. You're t- listen. If you have a pulse right now, you have a shot, and they have a pulse. They beat Louisiana Lafayette. They can't. They can't score. Louisiana Lafayette would have a shot against Mississippi State, so therefore, by the transitive property, so which really works. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made of real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol, no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion especially when you're cheering for your favorite teams, whether you're tailgating at the stadium, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home. Twisted Tea is there to elevate your game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. If you're a state fan, you should hope that it gets as the Are you worst still- thing that can happen. The worst thing that can happen to you if you're a state fan is that he gets them up somehow, some way for that. Oh, angle. look, I would laugh my and, ass and off like, Saturday if Will that's Hall the pulled worst that off. Thing that can happen to you. I mean, you wouldn't put a lot of money on state Saturday Chase. to win outright. Yes, to win outright. Dude, Southern has been awful. They weren't. Look, all- I love those guys. Like, not the last friends two, with multiple coaches over not there. Not the last but, two weeks. Hey, they're. Their last two weeks, yeah, they've really they've not the last two I don't weeks. Know if there was some addition, I don't know if there was some addition by subtraction, but uh, so here's the thing: one team's guaranteed to have a pulse Saturday. 
Oh, they'll be ready. Well, that's more than I can promise you on the other. Get up early. Just let it. Whatever. I mean, Hang one, around. one team will have a pulse. I can't promise you the other will. Because Arnett's going to have a hard time going, hey, guys, look, Southern Miss coming in. Let's go get one Saturday. Zach doesn't you know care. He just wants his four and a half million at this point. You know, the other problem that Arnett has, he looks very stupid. Like when, when they pan to him on the sideline, he always just has this look that yeah. like, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. And whether or not that's true, like it's just, it, he looks like, he looks like he has no answers. And then also like when he takes his headset off, he like takes it and wears it like in a way that's like, I've never worn a headset in my life. And it just makes him look even dumber. It's like, Oh, th- he, this is like a football guy that like has never even like signed into a computer in his life. SC just, Listen, I if since your brother gave me this dead dog loser of Fred, Fresno State that I wanted nothing to do with, uh, I need Oregon to just out, absolutely house them. He bobbled the ball. He did bobble it, but then he had it, and then yeah. they hit him after he had it. Yeah, and didn't he call fair catch? It doesn't yeah. matter if you bobble. Like, yeah. it, it's the boss come free. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can't do that. Now, a little bit of you a get the opportunity job, to make the catch. <laughs> he fell down like he got shot, but otherwise, sure. <laughs> no, now th- listen. <laughs> I mean, that was a vicious. That guy came in full speed. Chase, what are you talking about? I tell you, hurt somebody. I will say, when Dart got hit, I thought that was bad. Yeah, I did too. Jackson's. Look, I'm a big Jackson Dart. I, I'm a big Jackson Dart fan. But that was the moment to get out of bounds. But that was that was not his that was not his best moment. That will be a learning lesson. This is why we've told you to get down. You you weren't coming back. It was it 35 14 at that point. You weren't winning the game. Live to fight I another mean, day. I think he was knocked out. I thought he was knocked out too. Even when like they brought him up, like I don't like it took him a minute to open his eyes. He's tough as nails, though. I'll give him that. I mean, that cat, he's fearless. I'm credit to him. He still wouldn't. If it were me, he wouldn't take a snap next week against two and so eight. He knows one speed. and it just He that, just doesn't play against two and eight ULM if it's me. I let, I let Spencer I Sanders it, I, have his day. I think Lane, it's not like he's playing for awards right now. You know what I mean? Like, his season is what is it is. Like, I. I would be shocked if he plays next week. Someone says, was that not targeting? At first, I thought it was. But when I watched the replay, I really didn't think it was. The problem was Jackson tried to split two defenders. Yeah. And also, when you're running, you're not defenseless. Like, they have to literally lead with the crown of their helmet. Like, they basically have to spear you. But you're not defenseless. You don't get the same protection that you do elsewhere. I don't know. I was just so freaking glad tonight did not come down. Like, and uh, you don't understand when I saw that first holding flag come out, and especially when that ref it got stuck in his pants and he threw the flag like after after Judkins had crossed the end zone. I was like, oh my god, it's going to be one of those nights, isn't it? 
It, yeah, it was. It was definitely the second flag before it was legal substitution. You went, oh god, oh god, oh god, because I was just, I was worried the, the message board was going to just take off and go up into flames in the sky. Well, no, I, I knew the illegal substitution was not a hold because the guy just dropped it. It was the back judge, and he just dropped it like right there. Like when it's a hold, they try to throw it close yeah. to, like they try to throw it close to where the spot would be. I actually thought the game was fairly well officiated after last weekend's debacle. I thought this one was pretty good. I mean, I know this. I, when they fought, at least at the end, when like that game got out of hand, they were like, "Unless you freaking spear somebody when the ball's in the air, like we're just letting you play. Like we're not gonna waste the time. We're not gonna waste the time to officiate whether or not that was passing or because both both sides, DB wise, like they'd got away with murder in like the thir- late third and fourth quarter. But I didn't care. It's like the game's over. Who does Colorado have the last two weeks? They still have Utah and. Uh... Have they played Washington State? I think it's I think Washington have, State. Maybe Washington State. Uh, and Washington State's also on quit watch. Because Washington State lost to Stanford last week, and they had a spirited comeback against Cal, but they still lost to Cal today. How's Cam Ward been playing? He, he's Not so much. I mean, everyone's doing, like, everyone's figured out, like, what they do. So everyone just rushes wide they only rush three everyone drops eight and they don't have enough like playmakers that can just like beat coverage and so he winds up just checking it down all the time washington line was three yes isn't that right the way the washington no 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 the what was huskies the, and mutes oh no that was eight no it was, i don't know what ours like ours might have been 10 or 10 and a half oh it was that high okay it, yeah, yeah. Okay. It got down to like eight and a half. Like, but I, I most people I know had it somewhere between nine and a half and ten and a half. Oh, Carolina gets a kick. But that Mike Elko is icing the kicker. Elko, is he actually gonna get out? He looks like All he right, gains no, weight every week. Hey, hey, let's let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. Yep. We know we're gonna have some jobs open. Give me the three most likely guys for Arkansas and the three most likely guys for state. Well, the state message board apparently today was floating around wondering if they could get Cliff Kingsbury. (laughs) What about Petrino? Would they do it? I'd rather have Petrino than Kingsbury. I mean, Kingsbury Kingsbury wouldn't even... If he does it, he's just taking a huge paycheck, and they'd have to really pay him, like eight, nine million a year. Yeah, but Petrino... We're going over time. (laughs) What do you have in this? Nothing. I just enjoy spoiling it for y'all. It's it's thrilling to break news. Oh, he curved it in. It's a nice little draw there. Tight, Tight little draw. It was. Yeah, Missouri thirty-seven over Tennessee. So mad at your brother. So three most three most likely guys for Mississippi State. Um, Yeah, I mean, if you're them, you 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 you've got to call Willie Fritz. You've got. I think that actually makes sense. He makes a lot of sense. You have to call John Sumrall and at least make him tell you no. Yeah, agreed. Um, Third coach, Tom Herman. Okay, sure. Tom Herman makes some sense. 
I mean, why not? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Kendall Bryles. No, you got to hire a head coach. Okay. They just did the coordinator thing with no do experience. We, how, they got the money. To how do much that? money do they have? Yeah, that I don't know. I mean, I, they can't go pay nine million dollars. All right, so what can they pay? Six? Know. Can they pay six? Maybe. What uh, about Jamie Chadwell? Yeah. JMS seventy seven says still a good team. I think it's state. Hold on one second. JMS uh, seventy seven. Thanks for the super chat. He says still a good team. Interested to see if coach can keep them motivated for two more games. First super chat. Really appreciate it. He doesn't have to Saturday. He doesn't. Have he to. will not use any emotional capital on yeah. Saturday. I mean, if 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 you require motivation to beat ULM, something went terribly wrong, and then I, I think they'll be motivated to play Mississippi State after what happened last year. I'm not worried about this team not showing up. They showed up every week. I don't think Will Muschamp would take the job. His name's mentioned. I think Will will hang where he is. Okay, so if if indeed if indeed it's true that State's going to have to do it another way, why would you not go get somebody like Chadwell or Fritz? Someone that, you know, runs a different style of offense – yeah, and I bet. I mean, I guess the problem is you accept it. The problem is if you do that, you accept. You know, we're not going to win an SEC championship, which you're not anyway. But still, Chadwell takes that right. I, I don't he's making know. like I mean, three bones I at Liberty, think, where I he's do. just going to win like ten games a year every year. I mean, I don't, I don't think you have to right now if you're Chadwell. I mean, he's going to dominate that league. He's now they're now in they're now in CUSA, and it's a job where you call? they spend money and nobody else does. Like you're gonna, you're gonna win that league a lot, and I don't know if that's the one that I jump at. I mean, here's the other question. 
Do you call Dan and say, let's get back together? I mean, I would. He's the best in my mind, that to, considering how hard the job is to do, and it got harder. Like, oh, he fell down. Still the... Sorry. No, you're good. It's okay. They, they, they get it right back. Okay. All right. They wanted to know, um, let's see. Duke was trying a double reverse pass there. Yeah. Okay. It didn't work. I know we're all shocked. Brian Rippey, welcome into the show. Appreciate you being here. How are y'all? We're good. Real quick, thanks to Alex Martin very much for the super chat. That's very kind of you. Says thanks. Uh, thank you guys for all you do. Go Rebs. Appreciate Alex. Been Alex. with us for a long, long time. time. Good to hear from you, bud. Any uh, any hot takes from um, Georgia over Ole Miss tonight, Brian? Um, not really. I mean, I don't know. Ole Miss that game seemingly went sideways for them pretty quickly. Losing, you know, the second tackle, and then they couldn't really stop them defensively. So, no, not not a whole lot. All right, we'll throw this at you, Brian. Mississippi State, three candidates for that job. Oh, man. I'm not even sure I could name one. And where do you, I'll throw it back at you. Where do y'all think they go with that? They would have think they have to hire a head coach. I, I, I think they have to hire a head coach. Look, like Jeffrey was just saying, Chadwell makes a lot of sense. He, he won at Coastal Carolina. He's won. He's winning at Liberty. He's done a really good job developing quarterbacks that aren't necessarily highly rated. Now, neither of those jobs play SEC schedules. And the problem in the SEC, and Ole Miss saw it tonight, and Ole Miss is going to win 10 games. If you don't have elite talent, you're going to have multiple games a season where you have no chance. And State has no money. That's what everyone tells me anyway. Iowa has allowed, allowed one offensive touchdown in the last four games, even with the offensive crap that they put out there themselves. They scored 22 points today, man. S- shut up. They scored 22 points. Still went under. Y'all do realize that there's no other coach in the Big Ten West that would have met the tw- 25 points per game really? standard that Brian Ferentz had to meet. No kidding. Right. I will say Illinois. They all have to play the same way because. Illinois, Indiana was very entertaining today. You watched Illinois, Indiana? Quite a bit. <laughs> what time was that damn game on? Um, It was in the. Uh, it was the early. Slate. It was the early window. Oh, is Elko going to hang in, in Durham or is he leaving? What's he going to do? What? Where's he going to go? I don't know. I'm just asking. He can I mean, get out and go somewhere. I don't, he's he six very, and three. He I very just, clearly likes the grocery stores in Durham. He has gained weight in the season, hasn't he? I mean, yeah. I mean, Michigan State maybe, but I think the, what I'm watching, the name I'm watching at Michigan State is, uh, especially after they got beat like they did today, does Stoops say I've done all I can here? <sighs> and leave Kentucky? Yeah, reset. He's making eight point eight million dollars. Well, the rumor uh, Mel Tucker was make Mel Tucker was making ten and a half. The rumor is that Iowa is going to make a change at the end of the season. That Ferentz is going to step away. That's the other one where obviously he would make a lot of sense. He makes a ton of sense there. I kind of followed Kentucky a little bit after that game today, and I mean, I get they lost Alabama in this blowout, but they've kind of they're sort of resigned. Do they just are what they are? 
and they're still relatively okay with that. No, well, and that's the job. The problem, that's, that's the job Sumrall can have. That's the reason why I, th- I think that he, he might be reluctant to jump at Mississippi State because he would rather have the Kentucky job, and I think he would be the guy there. The problem, the problem that Stoops has now at Kentucky is he actually has maximized and reached the ceiling at Kentucky. The problem is everyone's fine with that when we're paying five, six million dollars. But now that you're making nine million, everyone's going, what are we paying nine million for? Like we're, we're, we're the same thing. And he's kind of a victim of his own success. So I'm curious to know if like he sits there and goes, hey, rather than deal with frustration and whatnot, do I just go reset somewhere? Sort of related to that, interesting question, I mean, interesting comment from the stream. Considering the lack of a league and the mess they're in, would Jonathan Smith listen to State? I think he could have better offers. If he puts his name out there, I think he could have better offers. If you're Jonathan Smith and you can either be the head coach at Arkansas or the head coach at Mississippi State, which job do you take? Arkansas. Arkansas. Easily. All right, they wanted us to come up with three names for Arkansas. If I'm Arkansas, well, I mean, the, that's, if I'm Arkansas, the, that's first, the first person that's the first one I'm calling. He's on the top of my list. The other guys, I'm calling Chris Kleiman at Kansas State, and making him tell me no. I like that. I don't do the Gus Malzahn thing. No way. Uh uh-uh. uh. Um, uh-uh. I don't. I don't bring Barry Odom back, even though he's done a great job at UNLV. That's too much residual. You, you got to completely get away from the Pittman thing. And I want a head coach, preferably a power five head coach. I mean, I think Elko makes sense there, but like, I, I don't. Okay. I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a really insensitive take on Elko and Brian, tell me whether I'm in, is, tell me how, how horribly insensitive this is. Oh, can you fire one fat guy to hire another fat guy that looks, well, they the would exact have technically, same? hold on. They would have technically fired three straight fat guys. So yes, they had Bird because they fired they fired Bielema to hire Pittman. So they've already nope, fired nope, one they, fat they, guy. For Chad Morris, they had Chad in the middle. Chad was uh, in between. They had skinny Chad Morris in the middle. How bad? How bad am I for saying that, Brian? Oh, not bad at all. I mean, you, there was a skinny guy in the middle, but I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean. I just keep rotating. Elko's not as big as Pittman. He's bigger. He's not, has he's, he gained that much weight? He's bigger than Pittman. Yeah. He used to not be. Pittman just carries that, the weight up, up top like that. He doesn't have the belly that like that. Okay. Well, he's also older. So, like, it, it, you know I mean? There's more years there. Like, uh, it's it's been sinking down. Like, two pounds a year goes a lot farther when you're in your late to mid-50s than oh, good 40s. Bro. <laughs> You know, you know who else quietly fat guy, but he hides it well, and I respect his game. Josh Heupel has times where I swear to God, oh. the guy's pushing three bills. Oh, he's Jeffrey. He's passed three bills, but he wears the tarp. That's so smart. Like he gets the. It doesn't matter if it's a thousand degrees outside. He's like the smock, and so you can't just see his gut. It's so smart. He's the golf that. guy who never tucks the shirt in. Absolutely not. Ever. It just like just, 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 and he just, wears just he there. Wears, he wears Adidas golf shirts because Adidas golf shirts are made for fat guy. Uh we have a super chat from uh 
<laughs> Hold on, we'll get to it. Can you read it? I got Memphis it. Rebel. Hypothetically, Ole Miss goes eleven and one next year, and Kiffin gets the offer he can't refuse. Who's Ole Miss's top three choices? Um, Pete Golding's on the list. What? What's Auburn's record? Shut up, Jeffrey. <laughs> I mean, he would campaign. I mean, he'd have does a really that good guy thing though get? Does that get? Hidden or more exacerbated by the fact that you wear orange? Because I always thought Fulmer looked like a big pumpkin, but the fact that you know Heupel is wearing orange all the time does that does that exacerbate? But Heupel, this fat guy? Heupel doesn't wear. Fulmer used to wear the windbreaker, like he would wear that. Yeah. That like Heupel wears more of like the BP top. Like if you've seen it, it looks like a, a batting practice top, and so it's not the pure Tennessee orange. Whereas Fulmer would wear the one that literally looked like like a street sign. It was like, look at how fat I am. Hypel's is a little more muted. Has Hypel gone to the black garbage bag some? No, he also goes with the white a lot. Oh, he goes with that, that that no no no, but it's a good white. It's like a <laughs> it's a fat guy white. It's the remember Bielema used to wear it. It's like that. It's it literally is like they took the 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 tarp that put on the mound you know those white tarps yeah like on the baseball mound and they just like cut a hole in for it like it's a poncho and so it you it's not form-fitting it gives you a lot of room and like you can't really see a ton of belly it's it's genius how old is lance leopold at kansas he's 60 right i thought it was late 50s if i'm him though i i don't leave i have the greatest gig on the on i got that's the greatest gig in the world There any color that makes you look taller? Could because if you have a strong opinion on this, I might try it. <laughs> if if there was, I would have already worn it. <laughs> yeah, just vertical pinstripes, not horizontal. And it doesn't matter. Like the only thing you can do is like wear wallabies. You you know, something something with a good solid like inch and a half. <laughs> it's the best you can do. Oh, you can get yeah the the lifts. Supposedly, yeah. DeSantis is wearing the lifts right now. Tom Cruise wore li- or wears lifts. De Niro was a big lifts guy. Like De Niro would wear like like if you saw him, they looked like like the the boots that like Kiss would wear. We're in a second OT with UNC and Duke. See, this is stupid. They've played for four hours, and now we're going to decide these this game on two point plays. I hate that. Well, not yet. Not yet, but they, it's, they it's coming. Get, they still get a chance. Yeah, to college gets it wrong. But like, I watched a high school overtime last night, and they were just going to keep playing it out from the ten until somebody won. Now you do have to go for two after the second overtime after you score. Yeah. Yeah, but the problem is, it's like every everything in the NCAA. Like, we didn't care when Ole Miss and Arkansas went overtimes, but as soon as they went to seven overtimes in the social media age, God forbid, we had to change everything. That Iowa Rutgers game, I had a friend come over and watch the game. I was told that that over under closed at something absurd, like twenty eight and a half. It did. I was told uh, twenty. One of the, it crossed. It crossed twenty eight. It closed oh at twenty seven and a half. That has to be some kind of record, correct? It, like, it is the record. No, it has to be. Iowa set the last. Iowa's last four games have each individually set a record for new, a uh, new record for lowest point total. Like they just every week, it just keeps going down. Like I don't know what you do. Like you can't set a point total at nineteen and a half. 
They have one of the five best defenses in college football. They have the best punter in college football. And they can't score. They play Illinois Saturday. So it'll be. Oh, that could be a really low scoring game. Illinois at home and then uh, at Nebraska to close. On Black Friday. Yeah. At 11 a.m. All right. Top three. Top three for Ole Miss. Do I get to do my top three or do I have to pick what the actual top three is? It's up to you. It's It's your world. It's 11. It's 1040. It feels later than this. It's 1047 on Saturday night. You can do do what you want. That's what she said. Well, John, I mean, Jonathan (laughs) Smith. uh, Yeah, that that phrasing. Um, I mean, I just think Jonathan Smith's like an awesome football coach. Um, Now, I think the problem with Jonathan Smith is Jonathan Smith, I would want for a developmental job, and I'm not sure Ole Miss is a development job. Yeah, I don't think so. Like, that's um, Arkansas. Guys, I, thing. I don't know. I don't, I don't think SEC jobs are development jobs. That's that's state's problem. But that's, who are they getting? That's not a. They don't have the money to not be a developmental job. Then you're just going to lose. Well, okay. But, I mean, you're just going to lose. I, I, I'm somebody who's used to NIL can't go to Starkville and go, "Hey, that's how I'm going to do it." They don't have the money to do it. It's not happening. Then it's not going to happen. And you're just throwing the money away. So go spend it on basketball and baseball where you can be competitive. Forget it. Who's somebody that, maybe not this year, but who's somebody that's in either the ACC, the Big 12, or the Pac-12, rest in peace, that will be in a spot where he's kind of unhappy I'll give and you maybe a, he's just looking I'll, for I'll, an out? I'll give you Mississippi State's hire. Jared Fish? Dave, Dor- Dave Doran. Brian said Jed Fish. I don't oh, think he yeah. I don't think Dave he'd leave. Gordon second stand is Ole Miss head coach. Welcome him back. No, I was gonna say for state. That's who state should hire. If if state's gonna be a developmental job, hire Dave Dorn. He's been very consistent at North Carolina State. Had good players. They've been super competitive. They're tough. They have an identity. He was going to take the Ole Miss job. All from the state job. After next season, is somebody going to hire Tommy Reese? To do what? Be the head coach of the football team. <laughs> hey, let's run a bunch of let's let's have a long zone read fake and flip it out in the flat. It's brilliant offense, and then we'll chunk it deep. It, that offense works when you have Alabama talent, like. Yeah, you, 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 yes. Wes Rucker did indirectly blame officiating for Tennessee's loss today. Oh my God! Against Missouri, got a brand. Fill me in on that. Brand. The lack of uh, live ball penalties was oh. a huge detriment in the game for the Vols today. <laughs> no, I'll tell you where the game got sideways for Tennessee. Thornton, like they've now, like they've had receiver problem all year. Receiver problems all year. Getting guys to like they've got Squirrel White in the slot, who's been pretty good, but. They've really struggled on the outside. Thornton had started to come on as like their deep threat. He makes a unbelievable one-handed catch for a touchdown, but I think he also ripped his quad in the process. And so he never played another snap after he went out, like their entire offense just stalled the entire time. Duke converts a fourth and one to keep a drive going in second overtime. Would anybody call Chip Kelly next year? He's done a nice job. 
he's sort of proven me wrong because I, th- I thought his career was over and he wasn't going to be able to adapt. I mean, the reality is it's like, you know what the answer should be? Who is going to motivate? Like, we can make all the Penny Hardaway jokes that we want. You know why Penny Hardaway is the best coach for Memphis basketball? It has nothing to do with this scheme. It has nothing to do with – it has everything to do with there is literally no one else that can motivate Memphis money people to put all the money into the pot like he can. So, like, maybe that's the answer. If this is all just going to be professional sports and it's just going to be a roster acquisition thing, the simple answer is, like, who motivates the who motivates the money people the most? That's why State at least makes Mullen say no if you're the AD. I would. He'd motivate him. Yeah. No, he's got the same problem. The problem at Mississippi State that he's in today's world, if he's not going to recruit hard, they're in deep trouble. But sure, he might get him excited for a little bit. He's done the job before, though. And he everyone has. does like the whole retread thing doesn't work. It's kind of worked. I mean, Mac's got it working at North Carolina for the same reason we're talking. Like, why does Mac work at North Carolina? Because he convinced all the money people, like, I'm the best guy for the job, and they all pony up. I mean, think about how many teams do you really realistically think came after Drake May this year? 15, 20? At at least, including Alabama. Any that thought they had any chance at all, so yeah. North Carolina has won 47-45. I've got Kiffin postgame. It's only five minutes. Do you want to hear it? Or do you care? Sure. It doesn't matter. All right, I'll, I'm going to build a scene and play it. You guys just hang on, okay? We'll come back to you on the other side. All right, first off, congrats to Georgia. Um, you know, they played extremely hard today, and... Uh, Played physical, tackled really well on defense, and um, really dominated us on the other side of the ball. You know, to have over 10 plus yards per play. I don't know if I've been a part of that on defense. So, um, not a good recipe to come in after 14-14, uh, not play well against the number one team in a hostile environment. So, um, you know, add us to the list of whatever. Yeah, he was able to return uh, after getting checked out and uh, just didn't see a need at that point to come back in. Questions? I guess playing with uh, Micah Pettis not being available and then Jaden going out in the middle of the game. Obviously, I played the hand you're dealt, but just you know, how difficult was that to kind of work with? And it just result for itself. This is what it is. It's part of the game, but obviously not exactly the ideal defense. You know, you want to be playing without your right tackle and then, you know, right a few snaps into the game, lose the next um, tackle that you have in there playing. So, you know, guys had to move guys around a lot and lost the center right too. So, it is what it is. Was there anything specifically on offense that Georgia was doing that you think was, uh, you know, really kind of the catalyst for why they were so successful tonight on that side of the ball? And you got their tackle back and tight end back and 
we didn't tackle and yeah, they got really physical backs and we said it during the week I think that offense is overlooked uh, you know because it's a defense made team I think people think um, but that's a really good offense and that was a concern we really had not played a no disrespect to a really lead passer for a while probably since LSU and um, just concern that may show up today and we don't do everything we need to do, and certainly did. Mike, I think you guys are the only team that's faced both Alabama and Georgia at this point in the season. Um, I've seen the play for weeks in the SEC Championship. I know it's in the immediate aftermath of this, but how would you compare those two teams after what you've seen? Well, I think every week's different. Every game is independent of each other. Obviously, you look at our two games, and they were just figuring out their quarterback situation we played them um, these guys obviously look a lot better team today than um, Alabama did that day but it don't matter it's not, that was about a week a couple months ago so um, we got our own problems to work on we need to get back home and win our ninth game um, these guys can battle out and the championship and figure it out Wait. What, what needs to happen for Ole Miss as a program to be able to compete with a team like this? I mean, that's a good question. Um, I mean, we, we got to recruit at a higher level. Um, and I'm not blaming people. we got to coach better. Um, but, you know, at some point, those, whatever those stats are, we've signed one five-star, they've signed 24 or something. Those kind of do show up at some point. So, um, We'd have to recruit at a, at a better level, do a better job on recruiting. I know you mentioned that you said you guys don't talk about the college football playoff, but does it make the loss kind of tougher at all, knowing that that was that second loss and you know the chance to get in the playoff obviously become much tougher because of that? No, I think I, you covered us. I think I'm very realistic. That, that was not a champion, or that was not a playoff-looking team at all that we put out there today. And um, so, last thing I'm worry about is that knock us out of the playoffs. We, would, we don't deserve to be in the playoffs or a conversation about it. Questions? Mike, can you speak to uh, Georgia's uh, offensive line? It seemed like they were able to control the line. Yeah, I mean, that's a, about as successful a day as you can have, um, keeping the quarterback clean. Very few incompletions run for 300 yards. Um, and getting their tackle back helped. And, um, Got really good backs and did a really good job coaching too. I guess similarly, what, what was obviously you've been able to get after teams with talented offensive lines before. Really how much of the today? What, what was the difference? Felt the same thing you felt. Instead of we just couldn't get any pass rush and the guys sat back there a long time and the guys got really open. Kind of usually a recipe to have 60 plays for 600 yards. It's usually going to be a recipe of bad tackling and good protection. Get you guys open. Anything else for coach? All right, thanks, guys. Thanks. Players in shortly. That was Lane Kiffin. Uh, I thought Lane was really frank, and his answer. Now that I get to listen to it, as opposed to just hear what he said, I, I thought. 
I thought he's exactly right when he's like, yeah, we got to coach him better. I, that was a throwaway. Like, hey, I'm not going to put all the blame on this. But he, he said it over and over. We have to recruit better. And then he was asked about the playoff thing, and I thought that was fascinating. His answer was very direct. No. Obviously, no. That doesn't make it worse. I was I was there. I, I was on the field. I saw it. We, that was, we don't have a championship team. We don't need to be in the playoff conversation. We're not a playoff team. We've got to get there by recruiting. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. I mean, hey, look. Give the guy this. There's, there's no coach speak there. That's that's honest. I mean, coaching is all those things. It is recruiting. It is. It's it's, it's part of it. It's yeah. Kirby Smart says it's ninety percent recruiting, and I swear I think he's right. And that's my point. We're talking about the the Arkansas job, the Mississippi State job, the hypothetical Ole Miss job, whatever the case may be. It, it is all about what whoever whoever can motivate people enough to raise enough nil. To buy those those players, that's that's how you win this league. Do you agree, Brian? I do. Um, and as you guys know, I mean, we're working on something regarding like how the Grove Collective was founded. I've talked to a couple of people in the last week or so, talking about kind of how they were proactive versus reactive for the first time in quite a while regarding getting the Grove Collective off the ground and getting started, you know, raising money and all of that. But I think the next step is exactly what he said. I mean, what was the quote? We've signed one five-star, they've signed 24. It's finding a way to get more talent on your roster and using the resources you have, maybe not paying a running back $700,000. I I don't know what the next step of this whole NIL thing is, but for a school like Ole Miss, maybe more smartly distributing your money and trying to get more talent and better of it because I thought that was the ultimate reflection of what tonight was. Ole Miss needs more players that are better than that they are, particularly on the defensive side of the football, to compete against the you know top two programs in the conference and really in the country. You know, I'm on this obsessive Shohei Otani watch right now. I, I realize he's not going to the Cubs, but it has led to this interesting conversation where people say, well, what would it take to get him to come to the Cubs? Okay. And the answer is like, I don't know, like $45 million a year, which leads to the next question. Are you better off spending that money on X, X, and Y? If you're not the Dodgers, if you're not the Yankees. And so to bring it back to college football parlance, if you're Ole Miss and you're never going to have the top level resource that Texas has, that, that, that Georgia has, and you, this year, you could argue that if you want to if you want to pick nits at the Ole Miss program, it would be well. You have a lot of dead money. You have a lot of money that you spend on guys for whatever reason or reasons that they're not really contributing. And you had you used that money to acquire players that played linebacker or could rush off the edge or another offensive tackle or another wide receiver. Or had you not, you know, like the Chris Marshall thing, Zachary Franklin's a bust. Um, you know, Spencer Sanders hasn't played much. They spent a whole lot on on Quinshawn Judkins. You you could argue that moving forward, to your point, you you've got to figure out where to allocate the money, and you've got to be better at that. That's that's how you raise your level from here to here. And again, I'm not belittling Ole Miss. I think they're going ten and two, and at at, at the floor, it's the Citrus Bowl, which is. Before the season, if you'd said, hey, that's behind door number one. Do you want to try door number two? I think 99 out of 100 people would have said, no, no, no. We'll, we'll, door, we'll door, head to Disney. Door one is good. We'll, we'll go there. Jeffrey's exasperated. The, the, prop, 
No, 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 no. I know. I, I, I totally agree. Brian's point is, I mean, why does the NFL, why are we having to see running backs, you know, at the start of the, have a zoom meeting and have all their agents say, you know, this is unfair and whatnot. Why? Because the NFL knows the difference between the best running back and replacement level running back doesn't have as big of an impact on wins and losses. I I think the more interesting, I think the more interesting question though, because I, I I'm, I'm with Brian completely. The problem though, is when you start going after what everybody's going after, are you better off? Like you're not going to get as many of them. Does that mean you don't try? Like, I don't know. I mean, that seems like also a foolhardy plan, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I used to always say like, you can always tell what is cheap at the time based on the position of elite players that Ole Miss got. So where I give freeze credit, he was ahead of the curve on elite wide receivers being more valuable. And whether or not that was because he had the foresight or whether or not that was because those were, you know, he was a star chaser and that's what he could get. Well, what have we seen in the NFL? They value, like it took a while, but now they value getting a number one receiver. And like, are you now better off stockpiling the best talent of what everybody else doesn't want and trying to build a roster that way? I don't know. I mean, I, I, my personal opinion is you need to go and stockpile. Like the one great thing about having Lane Kiffin is I think Lane at this point in his career has proven that he is schematically offensively. He is extremely good. Is he the best? I don't know, but he's extremely good. I think you're better off stockpiling as much talent as you can get on defense and having him figure out ways to get it on offense. Because one thing that I know Lane's always going to be pretty good at is he's usually going to, He's going to pick a pretty good quarterback and he'll kind of figure it out. And you can kind of scheme your way on offense, whereas defense more than anything, it's size, speed, it's measurables. It's who's got the biggest, fastest, strongest dudes. And that's not necessarily the case on offense. But I mean, uh, it's a fascinating debate because like if you sit there and you go, all right, we're going to go compete and recruit with the big boys. How many of those guys are you going to land? I mean, you're obviously going to land a couple, but and enough. Like, would you end up, would you end up hurting yourself because you exerted all that effort and you wind up not getting what you could have if you would have focused elsewhere? I think that's what, like, I don't have the right answer. I think that's actually a fascinating. It's a valid question. I mean, for sure. Because I mean, my thought too on that was, are we going to see a trickle down where because of the running backs not getting paid, is college football and on down about to get better at linebacker and safety because kids are going to play defense instead of running back. Well, like I think, I I think honestly, I think there's like a anthropological debate, like offensive line play in college football. It's not just college. If you offensive line play coming up in the high school ranks, like the elite level high school, like offensive line, it's not there. And like the, the problem is when there's a, scarcity of elite players everyone's going to go actually try to you know everyone's going to be in on these one or two guys and then you're going to wind up overpaying probably for guys that aren't that good but i mean it's 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 a truly interesting like way to look at college football moving forward 
And that's kind of the next level of this, isn't it? I mean, I've, I've talked to a couple people. I'm, I know I have a buddy that's kind of making the transition agency wise from like looking at more NFL guys to trying to start something organically from the college side of it is, is I mean, we've talked about this a couple of times. It's, this is not even questioning the Grove Collective leadership or anything about that, but it's the next level of this collective thing is, okay, we have all this money raised, but do you find a guy who knows how to manage it and disperse it when you don't really have a salary cap and all that, like to spend your money smartly to say, you know, we won't pay a running back X amount of money because they're just not that valuable. And Ole Miss losing Quinchon Judkins after last season would have been, you know, kind of blasphemous blasphemous from a narrative standpoint but is there anyone in the room from a collective standpoint at that point that just says hey we can't pay a running back that much money we need to disperse it elsewhere is that kind of the next level of this collective thing yeah so it's the question i mean the good luck though because right now this is a bill parcells system coach and gm he's running things he's the one running things and so it's Hey, coach, sorry, you can't recruit that guy. We're going to decide. We need to pay linebackers. We're not doing that. I'm the capologist. But if you told me that 10 years from now, the GM yeah, yeah, yeah. at the college level is as valuable as the GM at the NFL or MLB yeah, 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 level sure. or the NBA level, I, I'm actually starting to think I might buy that. Yeah. Because it's it's too much for one person to to make all those decisions. And so you have to have, I mean, like, but what I was going to say, I mean, I'll, 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 Address the elephant in the room. If Quinshawn Judkins were to come to you in a month, realistic scenario, and say, hey, X state you offered me 1.3. If you match it, I'll stay. It's a big decision to make. It's a big decision to make. Well, and the other problem, though, like if we use like, for instance, let's use the Major League Baseball example, because we're all baseball fans. One of the is like, why are the Rays so good? Why are these small market teams so good? Well, there's an international element where like you can go and you can get high level talent cheaply. I mean, I don't I know this like I don't know if it's exactly apples to apples, but the team that I watched in high school football this year that had the most talent was Macaulay out of Chattanooga. And most of their high elite level talent came from French Canada, like outside Montreal. Like, I don't know. Like, is that, is that the, like, or is that the new, like if we all know Alabama, Georgia, Texas, and you know, Texas A&M, USC, whoever, if they're all going after this small pool and uh, of the same elite players, like, are you better off trying to think of like another route like that's untapped? Like, are you looking into other other places to because if we want to use the Bill Par- Parcells example, it's at the end of the day, it is a talent allocation business. Sure. Is that maybe your best way of allocating the most talent, like looking elsewhere? I mean, the one problem with football more so than than particularly basketball or baseball is internationally football's just not there. Like, you know what I mean? Like most of it's all played here, but like you do get some of it up in Canada and there's a little bit in Europe that you're seeing a guy or two, but like, I don't know, is that wise either? Like I wouldn't advocate and be like, I've thought of something no one else has. Like I'm uh, recruiters know about international players. Like, so, but I, I don't know. Like I, it's very fascinating to me. It's like, what is the best 
what's the best way to spend your resources? But here's the thing with Ole Miss is that I don't think they have to reinvent the wheel. I mean, this is assuming they beat ULM and they beat Mississippi State. This two out of three years under Kiffin that they've won 10 games in the regular season. So it's not about catching up. It's about how do you close the gap from really good to great, which is obviously, as we saw tonight, it's a long bridge. I mean, there's you, 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 but I guess, I guess, so this would be my question. We, I think we thought watching college football this year, I think we thought the top of the sport came down a little bit. Yeah. Like, I don't think any of us thought like, oh, the middle caught up. It's that we thought the top level came down. Well, guess what we're seeing right now? And maybe it's because we're now getting into whatever week, whatever, this was week 11, right? Yep. So we just got into week 11. Let's see. The best rosters coming into the year, Alabama, Georgia, Michigan. Guess who's standing Ohio State to a certain degree, Oregon to a lesser degree. Like, guess who's standing out right now? Those. And while everyone else is yep. like, how did how did this team this one week and then look like that the next? Well, it's probably because everyone else has had to start getting into their depth. What you've and seen, so, I think, is the differentiating from the middle. The, the the ones at the top of the middle look better than the ones who were slow to embrace NIL. I mean, like. Also, there is not a number that is not okay to overpay a starting quarterback. Yeah. No matter what the number is, you have to have the quarterback. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's what... what Jeffrey froze on us there for a second. Because, uh, Alex, that's kind of the point. Thanks, Super Chat. He says, does Ole Miss have enough to outbid Georgia to compete for championships? No, but... Lane has shown that they have enough to be creative in ways to try to bridge that gap as you continue on with the program. But again, it's a hell of I mean, Georgia's up here. I mean, it's yeah. just, I mean, I, I, I think, I think it's not a fun conversation to have, but like, all right, let's, let's keep it real. I think what Lane Kiffin has done is he has clearly raised, like I kind of always thought regular season wise, the ceiling for this job was nine wins. In my lifetime, that's what it was. Like I've seen multiple coaches hit nine wins, but I didn't really know if it could get above that. I think what Kiffin has shown is you can get one win better than that. And I think that speaks to like the difference between average coach and one game. There's very few coaches that are truly worth one game. And I think he's proven that he is. The question then becomes is, how realistic is it for Ole Miss to go from best of the rest to playoff program? I'm not saying that it's not possible. But well, like, but again, but you're in like, the playoff but next year. Next season, there is 12, and so I mean, t- okay. But I, the I conversation, the conversation title. we would be having next, yeah, right. That's that's a great good point, Jeffrey. The conversation we would be having right now, a year from now, had tonight happened is... Ole Miss or Missouri for the last spot. Hey, how much damage did Ole Miss do to their seating? But to your point, Jeffrey, now, to other, your point... Well, the other question, though, is would, would Lane have coached the game differently? Because I will give Lane oh, this. Oh, yeah. Chase and I talked about this on Thursday. Like, What would be one of the reasons you would want to bet on Georgia? And it ended up being an easy bet. Lane coached that game to win. Like, everything yeah. they did, like, he went for it every time, like... And the problem is when you do that, that brings blowout into, yeah. into play. Would they have would they have coached it to try and keep it a little more close? 
I don't know. But the one thing you would have walked away from tonight was, hey, we might make the playoffs, but boy, we run into Georgia and we're we're toast. Not winning there. It's part of the reason why like, I'm totally fine. Like, give me more meaningful football. I love football. I, I give me more meaningful football. But to act like the 12th team in the country is on the same playing field as the actual national title contenders. Yeah. I mean, because the reality is, I think if every other team in college football plays Georgia tonight, Georgia beats them and probably beats them handedly by at least two scores, probably beats everyone tonight by by three scores. Yeah. I mean, I watched Michigan, Penn State. They would have they would have beaten the hell out of Penn State. I mean, it would have been like, 40 something it, it, to nothing. In the, in the, in the fourteen playoff era, where we're we're cutting it down to four, I think it's like sixty percent of the games are three touchdown games. Yeah, I mean, no Which argument. Lend itself to a more fascinating conversation, too, right? Though, like, I mean, you pay Lane Kiffin to make the playoff, right? Like, if you pay him nine million dollars, you pay him to make the twelve team playoff. Yeah. But as a long-suffering Titans fan, I actually watched the Titans win a playoff game and then still fire their coach. Like, how much value does that add after two or three years? Like, you're the 12th or 11th or 10th team that makes the playoff, and then you get blown out in the first round. You know, how much at the end of the day, when you get two, three years into this 12-team playoff thing and you're the 10th or 11th team that made it and you get blown out, like, just how much job security does that save you? I'm fascinated to see that in the first three, four years of the playoff. You're getting paid to be relevant into late November and make it interesting and fun every year and win games. Well, the other thing is that no one will want to talk about. The reality is that decision won't be made by whether or not you got – because you got to also remember this, in the first round of the playoffs, you're not going to be playing one of the top teams. You're going to be – you know, those guys are getting buys. So you're going to be playing one of the other similar teams. So I think that probably eliminates getting blown out. And so, like, when – game can be valuable but really that answer is going to be determined by like how much money is the program making you know if you're sitting there as a playoff team like lane kiffin could go into the playoff this year if we had the 12 team playoff and they could get beat like they did tonight and everybody at the school is thrilled i presume this is the most money they've made in football perhaps ever like uh, that's really what it's going to boil down to it's like are people showing up at the games are people spending a ton of money what are donations like that's pretty much going to be what defines whether or not you're successful it's a great sport we have by the way like it's uh, it's not really about winning and losing it's about whether or not you met expectations well that's what allows teams to still have yeah i mean it's what keeps the sport afloat when you have 130 teams everybody has a different bar it's and it's not a fair playing field yeah of course Got any parting thoughts? Dart's going to play against ULM next week. He is going to start and play until the game gets out of hand. I think you're right. I'll I'll put a hundy on it right now and not feel no, feel good. weird about it. I'm good. I'm just hoping you lose a hundy on see, Southern What if Miss. we see what we've seen in the ages? Guy could have finished the game, and then all of a sudden on Monday he's in concussion protocol. I mean, it's possible. Yeah, so what happened there? Because I heard collarbone and concussion. and it was No collarbone issue, apparently, because there was just no sign. But 
I mean, I I thought he went out for a second. I'll be honest, right when it happened. Is this guy dead? I his eyes were not even when they sat him up. His eyes. That's what I saw too. Like, what is going on here? They can do the whole. Well, you don't know. Like medical. No, no. It was on television. We saw it. His eyes were not open. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, but. Uh oh, my rainbows thirteen to three. Don't oh, let God. the rainbows get hot on the island. Who are they yes. playing? Do Air Force. Much, do you know how much? Do you know what kind of balls it takes to bet against the Air Force on Veterans Day? <laughs> <laughs> to well, be clear, it's barely a branch of the military. Oregon twenty-two to fourteen at the half, and uh, Eugene. Caleb Williams has actually made a few plays to, to keep SC in that one. He's had a hell of a drive. He's very ago. good. Yeah. I'm Dan Lanning. I'm telling you, they are so much better than everyone else in the Pac-12, but he coaches so many of these games as if they were like three touchdown underdogs. Like, just you're better than them. Just kick the freaking extra point. Like, the next Alabama coach, Jeffrey. I think Law. That if I were Alabama, yeah. Now the one thing that I give him credit, he does fit our profile of dude knows how to get players. He does, and after watching Saban today, I'm I'm not convinced Saban's anywhere close to checking out. I'm I'm just I, I'm, I'm just not my original stance. He's gonna die on the sideline with some honor. He's just gonna go like there's gonna be some moment. He's just gonna go down, and that's gonna be it. He's gonna we're gonna Commodus in Gladiator. Like he's just gonna leave, he's gonna leave the arena, but he's gonna die on the sideline with some honor. Yeah, he was pretty intense today. His team was really, his team was dialed in today. Mm. He got a fresh hair dye job. Did you see that? He did. I, I've never Chase. I've never felt better than making that bet than when I saw him this morning when they did on game day, (laughs) and he's got the fresh hair dye job, and I'm like, that's ready for a playoff push. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna run it up today. That's not his natural color. At 70-something years old? <laughs> no, it turns out your natural hair color is not the same color of a Dr. Pepper can. Like, that that hair color doesn't exist in nature, but, like, guys in their 70s that color their hair all have the same hair color. Like, it's, it's like, not brown. It's not red. It's somewhere in between. Like, it doesn't exist as a natural hair color, but, like, guys in their 70s all have it. I'm not real he good. He does a better job. Coach K at the end looked like he had a 747 just take a piss on him for 10 minutes. That shit was jet black. <laughs> well, but then he he got away with it for so long because like he was able to do – by the way, I hope he shows up at more games. When he was back last night and I saw that video of him right after the Arizona kid made the shot and him just in – Typical Coach K spoiled loser fashion. Just get up and leave. I was just like, oh, my God. I've missed him so much. I missed him so much. I need him back. I need him at every game. I just – I can't hate Duke anymore. I need him back. And then I will like, – I, I was – I felt something that I hadn't felt since he walked off the floor and didn't shake hands with North Carolina on the Final Four game after losing. Yeah, because it's hard to hate Shire the way that it, it was – No, he seems like a good dude. Like – Yeah, Brian. Any parting thoughts? No, they'll go ten and two. Um, is the Citrus Bowl? Where is that? Where, where Orlando? 
It's Orlando. I'll probably, I'm probably out on attending that. I didn't have a great time in Orlando. I thought that stadium was a dump. It is. Bad part of town. Wasn't a big fan of Orlando. But maybe they go Cotton or something. I'll probably attend. Brian, can I interest you in a, another alternative? Yes. Uh, I know where this is, called, is going. This is, called the, this is called the Big Jeff formula. You only go to the Citrus Bowl on game day. About an hour and a half away, there's this magical place called Stream Song. Three gorgeous Ooh. golf courses. Great hotel. It's only 90 minutes away. Go do a golf trip for New Year's. You don't have to leave. And then just drive to the game and drive back. Okay, so I like the way you think. The first time I went down to Orlando, I was Wait, just for the record, It's not the way the I think. Time, it's the way my dad thinks. It was the first time I was covering football. Our Airbnb, which was in an absolute dump of a neighborhood, flooded then we like start walking to the stadium from where we're supposed to park. And I'm like, I'm glad I locked that. We should probably get crowbars and stuff just to make sure we don't actually get mugged. I'm walking to the stadium like this is a real sketchy area. So I'll give Orlando a second try if I can do the, st- the stream song trip. That, that seems like a way better way to approach it. Because that first time I was like, I- I'm out. I'm, I'm out on Orlando. From a Not media – from from a media coverage standpoint, the only value in the whole week leading up to a bowl game is that we would get Golding because bowls make coordinators available one day. That's that's He would be worth talking to at this point. Um, and then you get some of the players where you could ask about, are you, are you leaving or not? And are you going to get in the portal? And they all give you a no answer, but at least you can say that you asked. Other than that, it doesn't have just like a ton of like coverage value, but you have to do it because everybody else goes and writes 7,000 stories on everyone. Everyone. <laughs> I mean, we want to talk about new world. What is the value of bowl games in the new world to be? I mean, oh, if you don't make the 12-team playoff. Meaningless. More meaningless than they are currently meaningless. And they're and now they're like they're all, it feels like it feels like we're just going to keep going and because as Neil's pointed out they're going to get a twelve eventually they're going to get a sixteen like it's just going to but they'll keep playing the bowls because ESPN and the people they like the bowls they want to put something yeah. in, they, well, and, they need the content and the bowls will be part of the playoff they'll yeah. use them and then they'll yeah, have yeah. the other ones I mean I'm fairly convinced that for some of these teams that when they go to sixteen and you lose a first round game you'll have the option of going to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Yay! More football. <laughs> hey, fellas, y'all want to go to a bowl? <laughs> Everybody's like, "No, nah, no, nah, I'm good, coach." <laughs> coach, I've been in the portal since I don't know if you know it's October. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm out. <laughs> I'm nah. That's a no for me, doc. But it's it's money. So, all right. Uh, what was the final fifty one? Fifty two seventeen. Fifty two seven. Georgia beats Ole Miss fifty two to seventeen. Again, we've been brought to you by Dead Soxy. Elevate your game day look with socks that uh, financially support the Rebels. Uh, you can sign up for a sock subscription. Get the exclusive Juice Kiffin sock free. You see it there on the screen. Go to deadsoxy.com. Choose a subscription to receive the latest in Ole Miss styles every month or at an interval that best suits you. Once you sign up for your sock subscription, Dead Soxy will send you a free pair of Juice Kiffin socks that are only available to subscribers. So uh, take the next step. Upgrade your socks, elevate Ole Miss, and as always, stay soxy. Thanks to um, thanks to them for sponsoring us. We have some content up at rebelgrove.com. I'll put Lane Kiffin's uh, press conference up momentarily, so we'll get that to you as well. Uh, Jeffrey, thanks for all of your time tonight. Really appreciate it. Brian, uh, yours as well. All right, guys. Be yeah, good. We did. good to see you all. 
We'll be back on uh, Monday with the uh, another week of uh, podcast as we get ready for uh, ULM at Ole Miss. Two basketball games this week, recruiting and lots more. For Chase, I'm Neil. Until uh, Monday, take care. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.